Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Welcome to Let Me Talk. I'm David Mooney. With me is the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello. Hello. Uh, this is a very special Let Me Talk, Sam, because um, we're, well, I don't know about you, I'm still absolutely buzzing after doing this one. Uh, we've, done, yeah. we've done a live show and uh, that's what you're about to hear. Yeah, bits of it, most of it. Um, <laughs> bits of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was quality. Um, yeah, it was It was so good. Uh, I was... I, I wouldn't say I wasn't nervous about how it would go, to be fair, but whatever expectations I had for it, it kind of far outshone them. It was just great. It was brilliant. Um, I don't want to rub it in because I know there, there would have been people who didn't go because they chose not to, but I'm sure there would have been loads of people who wanted to go, but they couldn't because yeah. you know, it's in a different part of the country or a different part of the world. Um, maybe one day, if, if I turn up for a preseason trip, we can do a live show. And by that, I mean... You can buy me some beers and I'll talk to you about City <laughs> for two hours. Um, but yeah, as far as the, the show in Manchester goes, um, it was it was just so good. It was yeah. just so good. Um, the guests were great. They um, honestly... The, the I, venue was great. The, the setup was great. It was just fantastic. Like the, everyone who went was great. It was brilliant. The, the thing with Nader and Izzy as well is like th- there's a real opportunity there for them to be really reserved and not do much. And they, they, were, the, they were the driving force behind everything that happened on the night in the end, weren't they? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, we'll get. There's loads of good stuff that stayed in. There's loads of good stuff. Like general, like in terms of the detail stuff, you've heard loads of shows with Nadem. You've heard a couple with Izzy, and this is obviously the first time we can get them together. So all that stuff that's in there with both of them, I, I know people will enjoy it. It's really good. Some of the stuff in terms of the driving force reference, like Nadem was basically roasting everyone. Which we better cut out just you know, just to kind of preserve everyone's relationships and I don't know, whatever. Um but it was it was very funny. Um whatever gets left in uh, you'll you'll get a flavour of how funny it was. Um some stuff had to come out fine. Um but I suppose if you were one of the few people who could have come but chose not to, then maybe you want to come to the next one because it was yeah, it was just great. It was it was brilliant. And I know like it's a bit weird to say that. Some might say arrogant, even to say that about your own thing, but like there were so many other parts. It was parts just so much it. fun, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's there were so was. many yeah. other parts of it, um, you know, like the audio always, guys, the way that they set everything up, the way that they, you know they organize the venue. So, the venue, the setup, you know, the tech side of it, the the quiz side of it, which you'll hear at the end, um, all of those things, and then 
Nadum and Izzy, they were completely separate. I mean, I can I can say about how good you were as well, especially like the hosting, obviously, but the quiz element of it as well. Like everything apart from what I was doing, because I just did my normal thing. I don't know whether it was good or bad. I just did my normal thing. But everything else I can genuinely say independently was absolutely class. So yeah, it was just great. And hopefully, well, it will do. But yeah, hopefully it comes across in, in the episode you're about to hear. Do you think it helped that we all played Shuffle downstairs beforehand? Nah, I think I think it would have been good anyway because I think everyone once they're on that well, stage or chairs at the front just goes into what what they can do. That's why I hadn't thought about it too much before because I was like, I know I can talk about six, so <laughs> I don't need to. I don't need to like plan it. I'll just ask the questions as they come in. Nadem's obviously extremely comfortable with with that and you know it's, it's everything. Um, Izzy obviously, as we've seen on Sky in particular, but also the the shows that she's done before. She slipped into that, and you—you you obviously did what you do as well. I just wanted um, to mention that I'd won it, a shuffle. That was all. That was, that, that was it, yeah, really. It was. <laughs> but it, it was. It was. It was because it was funny because we were up there before, and then because it was like it's box on Dean's Gate, so it was just like the upstairs bit. It wasn't like there was a backstage area to like not not because we're like superstars that need an area. It was just there was no point in us sitting at the front for half an hour where the place filled up. So we just went back downstairs into the main bar onto the shuffleboard bit. Um, and Mooney managed to fluke a, a few good. No fluke um, about it, mate. Flows. No fluke. No fluke. No fluke about it. And it, I, we're, we're, I feel like we're dragging this out now for the sake of dragging this out. So let's stop doing yes. that and uh, let's let people hear the very first Let Me Talk Details live. Here it is. Thank uh, you for coming, everyone. Yeah. It's uh, it's a pleasure to see you. We we started this not long ago, and honestly, it's it, it's such a huge. It means a lot to see everybody here like this. It means a lot. Um, is there anybody in that's never been to, that's never heard the podcast before? No, that's good. You all know what you're in for, then, Sam. Do you want to do you want to tell them what what we got tonight? In depth city chat. There will definitely be that insider info. Uh, you got any of that? Promises now? Um, I'll see what's left. <laughs> there is an off the record section as well. Maybe we'll we'll get it all in there. That's a kind of hmm. Don't, don't go telling anyone else section. We'll have a Q&A, so get your questions ready for later on because we've got somebody in the audience who's going to be round with a microphone. Um, and uh, you see that signed Harland shirt behind Sam up there? Uh, one of you guys is going to go home with that later. Uh, we've got, uh, we'll, we'll be drawing out some raffle prizes. You should have uh, raffle tickets each. Uh, we'll get two of you up here. You'll get head-to-head in a quiz. The winner is going to get that Harland shirt. If, you, if you've come in a party and you're a bit nervous that you might not be the best person for the quiz, you can send somebody else up from your party, all right? We're not going to insist that it is exactly that person. So, uh, so yeah, get ready for that a bit later on. Um, but let's, I mean, let's be honest, Sam. Nobody's here for me and you really are. No. No. Should we get our guests out? Yeah. So please welcome onto the stage, or whatever this is, we've got the former City defender, Nader Manua, and the former City midfielder, Izzy Christiansen. You'll, you'll, you'll need the mic, I think. Yeah. Didn't you do a live podcast yesterday? I don't know. Did I? I don't know. Did you? I don't know. Did I? <laughs> no, I did the uh, Guardian Football Weekly yesterday. There were a lot of. Uh, People on that panel who I'm sure some of you guys hate. Is that a boo? Yeah. <laughs> so, John Bruin, anyone heard of him? Yeah. Yeah, that's a boo. Is anyone in the um, Blue Moon Forum ever written about him? 
by any chance? Because it was a really surreal moment. So I was on that panel and it, you know, it is what it is. Like, and his segment, he went through Bloom, uh, that forum to look at everything that's been written about him. And he was reading it out loud to the crowd. He's, he's still there now. Yeah let's, he, yeah, let's just say one or two people really hate the guy, like really hate him. And, you know, as I say, that, that's when I realized that I was kind of sitting with the enemy. But still, you know, I could walk away and I'm still here. So this is the more important one for me. Good, good. Is it you, you, when you look at your Instagram, you're off and up a hill somewhere with, uh, like, just wrapped up warm. Have you been, like, it's been the international break. Have you been doing much of that this week? I like to deviate from a retired footballer's uh, activity <laughs> by going up mountains. But you've never been up a mountain, Nadim. Well, it's funny you should say that. Oh, okay. Because no. I have many times. So never judge a book by its cover. Go on. Yeah, basically, I lived, when I was in America, I lived at the base of mountains and I would regularly go up there because outdoor life is the main thing. You know, I'm well-traveled, mate, you know. Absolutely. Made it out of North Manchester, you know, seeing a few sites. I love that. Should we actually talk some football? Like, that's, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you people want want, they, 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 don't want to, they don't want to listen to us talk. Seems like it's gone down well so far. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I get my best ideas about football is when I'm like out yeah. doing something silly. Yeah. What, coaching or punditry or what? <laughs> just like football, like, like things come into my head. I'm like, oh, what about his movement? Or she oh, wow, she okay. was good then in that game. Why was she good in that? Like, that's, like I have to go on a six-hour hike to get this to is that. Gonna, this <laughs> is going to be good. When, when we get you going, this is going to be very, very good. It's going to be a late night. Yeah, very late. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, we've locked the doors. So, um, <laughs> yeah, nobody's getting out easily. Um, like I said, before we get started up properly, let's, uh, just a quick reminder. If you've got anything to chip in at any point, please do stick your hand up. We've got uh, mics roving around the room somewhere. Um, and we will try and get your attention and get you involved um, with the discussion. So please do stick your hand up if you've uh, got something to say and get your questions ready for later on. The second half of the show depends on you guys. Um, so, uh, so yeah, get some good questions for these guys for later on, because if not, then we're going to struggle. <laughs> so, I don't think we will, will we? I think we'll be right. But yeah, I just wanted to say again, thanks everyone for coming. This is the very first Thinking Man's Overlap. <laughs> <laughs> I've got nothing else. Yeah, that's, that's a thank you and good night, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Um, so let's start with the first topic. Then we've had this in. Um, if you could set up a team to play against City, how would you do it, and why? So I think this is a good question, just because. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, don't tell him. Don't, tell him, don't tell him. Yeah, don't tell him. Yeah. Yes, I asked the question, but I think this is a good question. I was, because... I was being discreet. Yes, someone. That's me. So working, um, working in the media, and even say off the back of this last Chelsea game, she's, she's lost her head. <laughs> um, because Chelsea scored four, all the overreaction begins. Have Chelsea found the blueprint to stop Man City? Have they found a blueprint to attack against City? And like, this, isn't, thinking, this isn't the author record, but yeah. You work for this. Let me, let, <laughs> let me talk, let me talk. And I'm just thinking, one absolute load of nonsense, yeah. When you think about how every game is so different, so much context, it could be stuff about, say, where the game's being played, where a team is in the league, who the players are, how that team's done in recent times. Like, every game in itself is different. And if there was a blueprint for stopping City, why wouldn't it have been found by now, you know? So I think the way that people are talking about it, they're saying, oh, you know, they're really open, you can get them in transition. How many teams do we know who set up against City to oppress them really high? And the answer is probably maybe one or two. At their peril. At their peril. Because City, they want you to sort of be drawn in so that they can just play some, like, you know, the likes of Rodri, break the lines, go and attack you, trouble. So people say, oh, that's all you need to do. 
And as well as that, you also need like three really fast attackers. You need three really aggressive midfielders. You're also really good on the ball. And then you need 50,000 people cheering you on as well. So as you start looking simple, at it, really when you put it it's, like it's, that, it's a really it? simple blueprint, isn't it? You know what I mean? You need two former players to play against them as well. And it needs to be like a prime time game as well. And then it's raining, so the pitch is a bit slicker as well. And then you need to, to have a couple of players out as well. And then that's the blueprint. Simple as that. Yeah, you, so you mean to tell me, just to clarify, I want this on record now. You mean to tell me that when you were at City, Stuart Pearce never once said to you, this is how Real Madrid beat United. <laughs> we're going to do that. Um, it's funny that you should mention Stuart Pearce because we were trying to talk about like, um, you know, good things about football and the way we think about the game and so on. <laughs> but yeah, if you want to talk about, say, double sixes, pivots, inverted fullbacks, you know, wide forwards, or, you know, two goalkeepers playing on the pitch at the same time, <laughs> then, you know, we can, we can discuss that if you want. <laughs> Clearly, I'm over it. I'm, I'm totally over it. <laughs> I've got to say as well, well, we'll get back to the question, but do you know when, so as I retired, one of my biggest regrets wasn't saying necessarily the places I played and mistakes I made. I wished I scored more goals. I really do, because the feeling of scoring is amazing. Like, especially scoring for City, you go nuts, you know, it's stupid celebrations. You blow kisses, all that. Blow kisses stuff. to the yeah. crowd. Wow, have that. It's embarrassing, all that. But I should have known that I wasn't going to score many goals because in that game um, against Middlesbrough in 2005, it's such a big game. You know, both teams trying to get into the UEFA Cup. And, you know, David James is mowing people down up top. Yeah. And Nicky Weaver's here. And then we had a set piece right at the end of the corner. And this is me. For five years in the academy, I was a striker. Yeah, I scored tons of goals. I look across to Stuart Pearce and say, can I go forward? It's the last minute of the season. He says, no. Okay. So I'm standing on the halfway line. Ten yards in front of me is Nicky Weaver. <laughs> That's what I probably should have said. Tell you what. It's just not going to be, is it? It's just not going to be. But to go back to the to the question, I think <laughs> I know that's exactly how I felt. Wow. The relief that I was just 18 and didn't know any better. Yeah, because if this was today, like, come on. Um, City are a magnificent side, and I think most of the outcomes from a game is basically led by how they do themselves. And I think teams that play against them, they can try and make it as difficult as they can for City. But football for me comes down to matchups as well. What's the reason why, say, City maybe struggled against Leicester is because they had Jamie Vardy, who at the time was a peril to the real uh, threat to City and other places like that. They had a Mares, people who could really make great transitions. But again, how many teams have the facility to both be able to be really good defensively and really good in attack at the same time and to not panic when the pressure comes when City are there? And the answer is not many. And I think for those guys, like, I want City to win every game between now and just the end of time. Obviously, it's not realistic. But if they play well, how nice does it feel? Because you've got a better feeling that they're going to win the game because that's how good they are in terms of their tactics, their technique, their mentality. So there is no guaranteed way to stop them. But every time someone seems to do something good, everyone's like, ha ha, we figured it out. They score more goals than them. I notice. After seven years. Yeah. After seven years. Yeah. That's it. Not a I noticed that Nadam didn't actually answer the question how he would I did. So, so how, how would you set up, Izzy? Oh, Lord. Um, when you look at the three teams that have taken points off City this season, Wolves, Arsenal, Chelsea, hmm. they've all set up differently. So when you refer to a blueprint, it isn't, there isn't one, is there? No. Because it 
I, I thought last weekend against Chelsea, Rodri was the guy who was off it. Mm. And I thought Ruben Diaz was off it as well. Mm. Um, and I think that if Rodri's on it, City normally win. Rodri was slightly off it. I don't think that was a Cole Palmer influence, although I did think Cole Palmer played well in he the did, game, in did. fairness. Um, but I think Rodri just had a little bit of an off day. And I think that's what gave Chelsea a bit of a sniff. But you look at Everton last season that took points off City at the Etihad. It was one all. Am I right in saying it was one all? There was yeah. a okay. wonder goal, wasn't it? A wonder goal. And Roger Mr. Hedrick, it was right, Ben yeah. Godfrey on Haaland. Yes. The whole game. He had his shirt the whole game. I'm surprised he's not here to try and win it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Is he here? <laughs> um, so you look at it and you're like, well, they're in a back five. Everton are quite organised. Well, they can be. Um, so that's probably, if I had a team and I managed in the Premier League, that would probably be how I tried to set up against City. Mm. I'd just stop the spaces that they operate in and have five across the back. Well, the deepest. The place where City operate the best is in those sort of half spaces where Grealish mm. cuts inside, Bernardo comes in, Foden operates, and that, that's where all the magic happens. I'd just say put players in that area. Yeah. That's that's what I was thinking. And be disciplined. But then, it, when teams do play like that against City, I still feel like City are still comfortable. And when you press them high, it can disrupt them. But they are still comfortable. I guess the the root of this is they're always going to find solutions wherever they yeah. play against. But I was trying to think of what an in the middle performance would look like. And I keep going back to when Southampton would do well against City. Over Nobody else seasons. in the league. Yeah, but like, yeah, exactly. But then, but then I looked at it earlier on, and again, just to come back to this point of City always changing things up. Like City were building up with like a back four. They had Rodri in there by himself. Like Cancelo was there, Sterling was there, and it just think this was a long time ago. Like even if I said they should do that, like City playing a different way now, and they kind of dropped stones in there and others, partly because there were certain games when if you stopped it going to Rodri, then that's. But if you can do that, that is when City don't allow themselves those games. It was a one-all draw in the Etihad a couple of seasons ago Southampton. against Southampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, they didn't look themselves. Like, they could lose in that. Like, yeah. they could drop points in that Everton game. But they had, like, the XG would have been high. Like, City would lead to miss loads of chances. If you press them really high, maybe that's better now because I feel like City aren't quite as good on the second balls this season. Mm -hmm. But then somewhere in the middle, that Southampton kind of approach, I was thinking maybe Wolves is the most similar to that. But Wolves were just super deep as well, weren't they? Yeah. Like, Cunha was on Kovacic, but... They yeah. were super deep. I, um, but that, so, that, there's a common element again. You said about Chelsea, Rodri wasn't out. Yeah. Rod Rodri wasn't there. Mm. That's Wolves and Arsenal. Yeah. I think um, for me, again, working in the media and so on, a team that drops really deep is hard to score goals against. And it doesn't matter whether you're City or anybody else, because the players who are about there, these are Premier League defenders and you, the team's organised. Do you buy, like, I hear fans talk about this a lot, that when teams drop deep, they're asking for trouble because City score and then it's game over. They've not got a plan B. Do, do well, you buy that? It's also dull. Like, working in the media now, and I was set up as a player at times to drop deep against Man City women because they're so dominant with the ball, they're unbelievable with the ball. So you look at it and you, coaches will sit in a technical meeting and go, right, how do we prepare to get a result against Manchester City? Okay, drop deep, drop deep. Okay, it's boring. It's boring to play and it's boring to watch. And I think like we talk about VAR in football, it's taking the emotion out of it. Dropping deep for me takes emotion out of football. I think, um, I think that's a fair point. 
But I think it's based upon the players that you have. Of course, yeah. Because say a team dropping deep could be, say like Bournemouth or a team dropping deep could be Brentford with Ivan Tony playing up front. With Atlético Madrid, they're just sickos, aren't they? Yeah, <laughs> like, so, yeah, they just love it. It, just doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. Like you can drop deep and still be in control of a game. And I think it makes it a negative game overall. But you know that, I think some teams drop deep because they hope to not lose. And some teams drop deep because it gives them the best chance to win. Because they know they've got the tools when they get it. Like Leicester. Yeah. When Leicester won the, the league title, I think their average possession for the season was 43%. But most teams that would have played against Leicester that season would have felt like they deserved to beat them because they would have had more of the ball. But Leicester were also very much in control with the bat and mark ball that they had because they knew as soon as there's a transition, this is what we do. And not many teams have the players to be able to hit Someone like City in transition because firstly, some people don't believe is put. Is some people you see some people just quit. They'll just let two people run forward. But then some teams kind of like the way Spurs and stuff used to be, is set up with some of the speed merchants that they have and a goal scorer. Before you know it, that's their best chance. But again, most games that we see City lose or drop points in, we can look back at chances they've missed and know that if they would have taken off chances, it's a different game. It's Brentford last season, isn't it? It's essentially, yeah. And this it, is thing. It's football. I think again. Obviously, she works for Sky. I don't work for Sky. But, like, there's so much of an overreaction to City losing a game or dropping points that we forget that it's actually a game of football. Yeah, is he? Yeah, and she's the main cause of all these issues. <laughs> but it's just, it's just how people overreacting. Like, it's football. Like, doesn't matter how well you can play in a game, it doesn't guarantee that you win. No guarantee is there. And I think three people see football, in my opinion, in three different ways. I think there are fans who go to games and watch it and see it in its, in its totality. People who watch highlights and people who look at score lines. And the way that you receive the game will affect your perception of how good or bad a team is in any particular moment. And most people just see that City have won. So they assume that like it's the easiest thing ever. And then if they've not won, it's because they've had a horrendous day or something. But sometimes, you know, the game just goes the other way. Other teams are allowed to win, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, at least, at least that. that was at least that was obvious. Like normally, because we say this on the show all the time, but like if it's Southampton or something, you people are like, oh, what have City done? But like, Southampton played really well; they are allowed to play well. But when it's Chelsea, you look at them again. At least finally, a, a, like a big team did play really well against them. And you look at it and go, well, it's Raheem Sterling. I know he's had a couple of down years, but like that was he's actually really great good. performance. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. like oh, yeah, but exactly. But you see it all over the pitch, and then again, Guardiola can come in and say like, yeah, he was saying it as under the radar as possible, but like. They've spent like a billion quid, by the way. Like, don't be asking me what was wrong with us. That, yeah. that, that was his point. It, it also takes a, mid, it, a midfield, I used to play midfield, but it takes a midfielder in any team that gets a point or three against City to run an extraordinary amount in a game. And there's one player who played on Sunday for Chelsea, Conor Gallagher, that I remember played for Palace. He was at Palace on loan when they took a point at yes. home to City. Then they won at the Etihad, yeah. They did they? Yeah. He, this was away. Against, uh, this was at Sellers Park. And yeah. It was, it was I think they won. I think they won at the Etihad and drew at Sellers Park. It was. Yeah. It was a Monday night game live on Sky. Um, and yeah, it was Conor Gallagher. I remember seeing his stats after the game. Fourteen and a half kilometers he covered in the game. That's and heavy. for a midfield, you'll know. Yeah. Like, that's, that's you're looking at too like, much. It's, how, it's how far? Too how far much. would you guys normally cover on average? Would, no, we're different positions. Don't drag me <laughs> it's it's up here. Yeah, you see, when you're up here, when you're locked in up it's here, you're up on here. less. Yeah, but the, it takes. And now remember the, the Southampton game in the cup. It was James Ward Prowse, the guy that did the running for for Southampton. It was Cancelo actually. Was, <laughs> that was the problem. That was the problem. <laughs> right, fair. But yeah, yeah, I remember James Ward Prowse stood out to me as a 
you know, he, he covered every single blade. We'll be back in a few minutes after an ad break. Speak to you shortly. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. If you've got any questions, stick your hand in the air. We've got mics uh, in the room. This is a question aimed at Nathan. Um, <clears throat> I wanted to ask you how you felt when you found out you were going to be starting against City in the 2012 QPR game, and also particularly like when Joey Barton was sent off. What was your emotions in a way? Yeah, this is like <laughs> this is like the game cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so to talk about that 2012 season, it's uh, sit back. Yeah, sorry. This isn't this isn't a quick story, but just bear with me on this, okay? So I imagine everyone here is a city supporter or city supporter adjacent or something. So having supported the club, gone to Main Road, Bournemouth to Main Road, been to Wembley 99, all that jazz to play for City was everything for me. And as a consequence, I never thought about leaving. Doesn't matter whether I was playing well or badly in the team, out the team. There was no interest from anyone that ever made me think about leaving because I was in Manchester, which is my home, playing for the team which I supported. So I played under Keegan, um, Pierce, Sven, Hughes, and then Mancini came in and everything just went, boom, stopped. Everything stopped. And I couldn't, I physically couldn't deal with it because it was, I was the only, um, I was the only person really within that space that was desperate to stay. Other people had the ideas of what they wanted to do and so on, but that was my home. Manchester was my home, City was my home. The journey to that stadium is as familiar as anything. Like that was everything to me. So Mancini comes in, 
I ended up going on loan. I remember times where like after games, if I wasn't selected, or sorry, if I didn't come on, I'd be at home and I'd spend, have like sleepless nights. That's how much it meant to me to be part of the team. So <laughs> 2011, 2012, it's two days. Sorry, this, I told you it's a long answer, I apologize, but I guarantee it's got a good punchline. <laughs> there's, a, there's a big game at the end of it. Um, and it's two days before preseason is supposed to begin. I get a text from Claire Marsden, who's like secretary sort of, saying, don't come in on Monday, come in on Saturday. So I'm buzzing because I've got more time off. I was at Senate Park with my wife. I was like, this is great, we've got extra time off. Then I thought, wait a second, something's off here. So I text Mike, I text Sean Wright Phillips. He says, yeah, they're coming in on Monday and they're training Monday through Friday, then flying to America for preseason. So I was like, oh, that's, that's not really what I expected. Am I, am I right in thinking you just got married at that point as well? Yeah, it was a great summer. So I got, I got married and then I got told basically I've got to leave, yeah, this was fantastic. But um, I came in anyway, and that was the preseason trip where Balotelli did that little back heel thing, which like, you know, was legendary. But so I stayed back. It was me, uh, Wayne Bridge, uh, Craig Bellamy, Rocky Santa Cruz, Emmanuel Adebayor. And we were playing with basically the under 16s. So as you can see, we were pretty elite. We were pretty good. Yeah. We were very good, in fact, especially playing against Staley Bridge in preseason. It's, you know, so. <laughs> So it's always good to get some minutes under the belt, under your belt, you know. But all that came to be, and they came back from America, and I was happy to see them again because these are my friends, you know. They're not just like teammates. Some of these are my friends. I've had them, been with them for years. But very quickly, we we were still training with the 16s, and we'd finished early, so I went to watch the first team training session, which is weird saying the first team training session like I wasn't part of the first team. We went to watch their training session. The very Next, uh, that evening, get a text from Claire Marsden again, said, right, from this point forward, we have to train at three o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, that's weird, because the first team trained at 10. So she, he, Mancini didn't want any of us to even see first team players now. And again, I told you the people who are named, Rocky Santa Cruz, Wayne Bridge, Craig Belly, Manuel Adebayor, none of those people from Manchester, none of those people came through the academy. None of those people supported City as a child, but now I'm being grouped with them and I'm being treated like a villain within this space when I'm the only person that wants to be there. Broke my heart. But I thought, okay, I guess I'm gonna be leaving. So on the last day of the transfer window, I said goodbye to everyone because I thought I'm probably gonna end up going somewhere. Packed all my boots in a bag, said bye to everyone, went home, sat in front of my TV, watched Sky Sports News till 11 o'clock at night. I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Awkward is going back into training the next day with the same bag over your shoulder. <laughs> so hello everybody. Um, so I'm still here. But from then, I know, it's awkward. So I, I, was, I didn't train with them at all. But then all of a sudden, I, I made a squad. And the very first squad was City versus Napoli, City's first ever Champions League game. I was like, this is weird. I've not trained with the team. And all of a sudden, I'm in that squad. Homegrown quarter, you see? Made that. But between then and December, I played in two League Cup games, possibly three. And then QPR put a bid in. And QPR now had Mark Hughes, who I was very familiar with. And halfway through the advice I got, which was good advice, is that you can never waste a year in your career because you never know how long your career is going to last for. So I'm left with the option of do I stay and not play or do I go somewhere else and try and forge my career? So I said, well, I've got to leave. But just as I was about to leave, I got a call from another agent who said that Everton were linked with, Everton wanted to sign me on loan for six months to then sign a permanent. And I thought, well, that's just David Moyes' Everton. This is good Everton. You know, I can stay in the Northwest. And, they said, oh, and the guy said, all you need to do is go and speak to, should I name names or not, Director? 
cool, speak mate. to Brian Marwood and um, say this is what you prefer to do. So I said, okay, fine. So I went in there and I said to Brian Marwood, uh, is it true there's Everton and Lincoln with me? Because I'd, I'd rather do that as opposed to go permanent to QPR. Brian Marwood said, no, that's not, it's not true. There's no deals, no offer, no nothing. So I said, okay, that's fine. Thank you very much. Off I went. Turned out that was a lie. So the option was there. So this is me going on to London. This to me is like a true, true northern as well. I did not want to be getting that train to Houston. I'll tell you that for a fact. But I went down there, signed, arrived at the training ground, saw it was a series of porter cabins, um, <laughs> saw a pitch that if it rained was flooded and if it was dry for a day, it was like sand, saw kits that didn't fit, and I saw two players headbutting and fighting each other within a week of me arriving there. And I was like, I tell you what, it's not quite a city, this is it. But I left. Heartbreaking, never wanted to leave. But we're playing, we're losing every game away from home. But come the end of that season, we beat Arsenal, Spurs, um, and a few other Stoke and a few other big teams at home in the last games of the season. The last one being Stoke away, where Stoke at home rather, where Gabriel Cissé scored in the 93rd minute. And that goal took us above the bottom three going into the last game of the season. And now here is my moment where the last game of the season is against City. City needing to win a league title. And that was the most stressful week of my life. Because I was like you guys, do you remember when Dickoff scored against City, I think for Leicester? Um, I was sitting in what is essentially the South Stand and I was calling him all sorts, saying he's the worst human being on the face of the earth. I could just play for C and then score against him and think this is fine, scumbag. And <laughs> I love Paul now, by the way, but here I am now coming back. And to put it into perspective, I was arriving, I was getting told that a trip to Manchester was an away game, staying in a hotel I'd stayed in before with City. On the day of the game, going for a walk around the city, by some guy that's never been here before. I'm like, no, don't go that way. This is the way to go. <laughs> Getting to the stadium, seeing the same faces I've seen for the last five years, but none of them are saying good luck anymore. They're saying, good to see you. I'm like, that's, that's weird. Going to a changing room, which I didn't know really existed because I'd never been to the away section. And then walking out on the field to play against my friends with my new teammates in a stadium where 40, 50,000 people used to root for me and everything that I was doing. The most surreal game of my life, the most stressful game of my life, and even though it ended well for everyone involved, it's the one game in my career which I just hate watching back because it takes me back to how sick I felt playing against a team that I loved so much in a situation where, like, as I say, it all ended well, but even from my perspective, Edge Zeko scores the header over me to make it 2-2. And then I lose the throw in and they win 3-2. So I thought for a few seconds that I'd relegated QPR at, the, yeah, <laughs> at, at my old home. And that, to me, it ended up being one of the greatest days of my life, not just career. But as I look back, I'd much rather have been in that city side. Because for as good as it was, I did something with a bunch of people I didn't know for a club I didn't know about. And I would rather have done it, obviously, for the team, which I love more than anything. And I know how much work some of those players, like I didn't, listen, I didn't like Mancini, but I love some of the players on that team and I knew how hard they worked to be in that situation. So for me to be going up against them, knowing that we had contrary hopes and beliefs for that game, it's the most stressed I felt because I thought, well, what happens if we win and they don't win the title? What does this mean for Joe Hart? What does this mean for Micah? What does this mean for Gail? What does it mean for Jolien? 
what does this mean for these guys? What does it mean for my friends in the stands who've been going for 20 years? But thankfully, none of it matters. So yeah, that was the, uh, that was the absurd. I think it's about time we give away a shirt. The so. second biggest prize of the night. <laughs> So uh, get your raffle tickets handy now. Uh, oh, yeah, we're, gonna... we're doing a Carabao Cup draw. Yeah, we're going to so Carabao I'm Cup. Not involved. I'm not involved. And no Newcastle away. <laughs> so, Nader Mizzy. Go on, go with the experience. There's two tickets coming out. What no, I can't do that. So, so yeah, pick one. Wow, God, look at this. The excitement in the room. Okay, what numbers have we got? 78. Oh, 78, it's over there. 32. Oh, it's straight oh. up. Oh, was that the warm one? <laughs> Is that the hot ticket, yeah? We're going to give you a maximum of 14 questions each. You've got 60 seconds on the clock, okay? And whoever, and whoever gets the most, a maximum of 14, whoever gets the most right is, uh, is going to go home with the shirt. We have got a second-place prize for you, so nobody's going home empty-handed from this point, so don't worry about that. What's, uh, what's your name? Tony. Tony, nice to meet you, Tony. And, and you? Uh, you're? My name's Will. Your name's Will? Yeah. Okay, so Tony, we'll go with you first, Okay. 14 questions. Jack is uh, going to start us off with uh, a minute. Um, if you don't know the answer, just pass it because you've got more questions coming along, okay? Uh, so, um, when you're ready. <laughs> Which player shouts, let me talk, in the let me talk intro music? Pass. Uh, that was Kevin De Bruyne. What year did Sheikh Mansour take over? 2008. Correct. Who scored City's first goal in the 3-2 win over QPR to win the league in 11-12? Trouble letter. It was. Uh, when did City move from Main Road to the Etihad? Uh, 2006. 2003. Uh, what midfielder joined City from Shakhtar in 2013? Uh, Fernandinho. Correct. In the current squad, who is City's oldest player? Oh, Carson. Correct. Uh, which midfielder was Pep's first signing for City? Pass. Uh, Zilkai Gundogan. Which treble winning defender did City sign from Benfica in 2020? Uh, Diaz. It was Diaz. Name one of the five players in the Premier League Hall of Fame who have played for City. Uh, Colin Bell. Uh, no, we'll come back to that. Oh, we won't come back to that. That's the end. I wasn't keeping count, so I, uh, <laughs> I hope somebody was. Five. Five. The, the players that are in the Premier League Hall of Fame that have played for City, Frank Lampard, Patrick Vieira, Peter Schmeichel, Vincent Kompany, Sergio Aguero. Okay. Five to beat, Will. Are you ready? No. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who is City's record goal scorer? Sergio Aguero. Correct. In what city was the 2023 Champions League final? Istanbul. Correct. Which city legend left the club for Real Sociedad in August David 2020? David Silva. Correct. Which player is city's record transfer fee spent? Uh, boss. That was Jack Grealish. What was city's shirt sponsor before Etihad Airways? Well, I've passed. What? what? Thomas Cook. What minute what? and second did Aguero score against QPR to win the league? 93-20. Correct. Which former Oasis brothers support City? Liam Gallagher. And Bill Gallagher. Correct. Right. <laughs> what year is displayed on the current City badge? Say again, sorry. What year is displayed on the current City badge? Uh, 20 years ago today. Uh, 2003. No, displayed 1894. Oh, Who was the manager that City got them back? Got the promotion back to the Premier League in 2001-2? Pass. That's Kevin Keegan. Oh, yeah. Which player won the Player of the Year for City four times in a row in the 2000s? 
Yeah, can answer. That dog, dog or clue. <laughs> I was Richard Dunn. Right. Okay. Was it sure? It's a dead no heat. Dead heat. Oh dear. God. It's hard, I knew, I knew so many more of those. It's really hard on the spot. <laughs> Never fear. We have a contingency plan. We're going to rip the shirt in half and give you one half each. No. I have Erling, you have Haaland, right? <laughs> Sweet. We do have a tiebreaker, okay? Now, don't answer this straight away. We're going to get you to write your answers down for this one if we've got something to, uh, to write it down on. We're going to give you 20 seconds thinking time, so you've got a, you've got a bit of time to think about it, so don't answer straight away. The question is simple. Are we ready? Pep Guardiola's been in charge of City since July 2016. But how many games has he managed? Now, we are including the Community Shield. We're not including friendlies. Okay? Closest to the answer is going to take the shirt. Ten second warning. Okay, let's lock those answers in. Okay. We've got the answers locked in, so it doesn't matter who goes first or second. Will, what did you put? Uh, 420. 420. 450. 450. <laughs> okay. One of you is 12 games out. The answer is 432. <laughs> Congratulations, Will. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, <laughs> I must admit, it's incredibly unlucky to be 18 out and not get the prize there, so I do apologise. We, we do have a second place prize for you. The, uh, the Ginger Wig has kindly, uh, we've got a £20 gift voucher for the Ginger Wig shop. You're sitting so, uh, merchandise, you can, there's loads uh, of cool stuff on there. Yeah, you can go and uh, go and get yourself some nice stuff from there, but thank you very much. Thank you. Congratulations, <laughs> you won a shirt. Thank you so much, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Thank you. Thank you, yeah, yeah. How are you feeling? That's what I've done the training. Uh, I don't know. Overwhelmed, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Thank you, thank you very much, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. I've just moved house, it's going to adorn my front room. My missus will not be pleased. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, honestly, brilliant. Yeah, wow. Cheers. Congratulations. <laughs> nice big round of applause, folks. What a nice way to end, Sam. Yeah. I didn't like the tension, I have to be honest. But you were even taking part, you're fine. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's my name above the door. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, but unfortunately, that is all we have time for, for uh, our first ever Let Me Talk live. Um, Thank you very much for coming. It really does mean a lot. You've been a wonderful audience. Um, if you've been dragged down here by your friends and you've never listened before, uh, please do subscribe to the podcast. You'll find it in all the usual places. LMTpod.com is the place to go to get the best ways to listen. It's been a, it's been a brilliant night. Once again, Sam Lee. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Nader Manua. Thank you. Easy Christensen. And I'm David Mooney. Thank you and good night.
So that was the very first Let Me Talk Live. Um, Sam, hopefully not the last one, I think. Yeah, I hope so. Like Everyone... Like everyone involved that I've spoke to, people who went, but you know, people who were involved in setting it up and being on it, everyone loved it. So I would imagine that there will be at least one more. I suppose beyond that, it depends on how well the the detail shows are listened to over the next few years. So if yes. you want keep, more keep stuff listening. Like that, keep, <laughs> well, keep listening, yeah. But also, if you can find ten people you know that could listen as well, that would be great. Um, <laughs> if anyone knows more than that, crack on. But yeah, I, I can't imagine any way that we wouldn't do another one. It, it just it just seemed like a big hit. Um, I wouldn't say, well, I couldn't say if it was easy to set up because I don't know because the Audio Always guys did such a good job of that. Um, but yeah, I think we'd we'd do it again. I don't know if we'd try and sell more tickets. I think we pitched it about right with the amount we did sell. Um, but yeah, to be fair, I think anybody who came to the first one would almost certainly want to come to the second. So maybe if we've done a good job of selling it now, and obviously you've heard the episode now, so you can judge for yourselves. We might need to increase it a bit more, but we are getting ahead of ourselves slightly because there is no guarantee. But <laughs> if I had to guess, I'd say we would do one. And I'd, I'd definitely be up for doing it. I'd be up for doing it, what, every six months? I think yeah. it'd be brilliant. Let's uh, let's see if we can't book the, uh, what, Manchester Arena in like, like next May. That should be all right, shouldn't it? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. No. No. It wouldn't. <laughs> No, well, uh, maybe not. But still, that brings this episode of Let Me Talk to a close. Thank you very much for subscribing. Get in touch with your questions and comments for future episodes. We're at LMT Pod on Twitter, and you can search for LMT Pod on Instagram and TikTok as well. Uh, you should hopefully see a lot of videos from uh, the night on uh, the TikTok as well. So get get following on there. Um, Sam, you stick on Instagram as well, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, and if they're not going to... Well, most of them go on Twitter as well, but they're sometimes I just think, can you be bothered? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're, they're all on TikTok. They're all on Instagram. So yeah. check that out. Yeah, go and search LMT Pod. Find us on there. Uh, email us hello at lmtpod.com as well. Sam Lee, thank you very much. And uh, until next time. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone. Let me, let me, let me talk. Let me talk. Let me talk. Let me talk.